Welcome to the Heart Attack Thriver podcast. My name is Brian Simpson, and I'll be your host. On this episode, I'm going to be talking about the fact that today, January 17th, 2024, marks eight years since I had my heart attack. And it's really uh, kind of surreal, honestly, that I am eight years already. Like, where does the time go? So much has happened. So many amazing things. So much personal growth and development. I continue to dive in, side, to try and understand why I am the way I am. And the clarity I'm getting right now is really, really amazing. And just coming off a weekend of doing some more uh, men's work. Uh, it was a men's circle with ayahuasca. Very, very powerful. And I'm super proud of myself for leaning in, answering that call that came from inside that I was ready to go in and do uh, a deeper dive again. And to do it and hold space with just men was so powerful. The word that was resonating with me at the end when we kind of sat around and reflected on, you know, the past 48 hours uh, was brotherhood and how important it is for men to have community, for men to have other men that they can talk openly and share and be vulnerable without fear of being judged, just being held and just being given space and time to just be with whatever it is they're feeling. Because really, now more than ever in this world, we need we need this. Women need men to elevate themselves, to show up differently. And that's, that's beautiful. It's beautiful work. It's something I've been doing a lot of since my heart attack. And again, eight years, I'm just really sitting here this morning and just, I'm in awe of my life and everything that's happening for me. Um, I've shared this before, you know, I used to be a victim in my life. That's why I was very careful in my words of how life is happening for me. It's not happening to me, it's happening for me. And 2023 was a year that presented a lot of challenges. And the loss of my older sister, Kim, back in September was one of the hardest things I've ever had to, uh, to deal with in my life. You know, I lost my dad, you know, it was a year ago last May and, you know, it was different. It was different. My dad was older and, you know, I'm not going to get into a whole lot of details, but there was a history with my dad and I, and, I'll share this, you know, I, I love my dad, but I didn't like my dad. And um, not that he wasn't a good man, but there was a lot of, a lot of trauma with him. And I wish we could have had more time to dive in because his generation is pretty emotionally stunted. Not pretty. They are emotionally stunted. They didn't have the tools. I know he did the best he could with the tools he had and that he was given. And I know he's in a better place. 
I know he's in a better place. And with my sister, it was, it was, it was so much harder because it was just so sudden and so quick, you know, diagnosis in May, just barely a year after my dad passed away. And then her transitioning in September, um, it'll be four months tomorrow, which is just surreal. And I talk a lot about grief and grieving the loss of your old self. So I have a lot of experience with grief and, and, and how to navigate it. The grief I experienced with the loss of my sister was like nothing I've ever experienced before. There was such a deep, deep sadness inside of me. This, it's just really hard to describe it. And through the help of, of friends and uh, one person in particular, uh, Dan Metcalf, just an amazing human being, studies the brain. He's, he does amazing work. He's a really interesting guy. And I'm just going to share, um, something that happened to me, uh, that Dan helped me with. I had just been back after being in Canada for six weeks, really there to support my mom, who's, who was struggling and still is struggling. No child wants to bury or sorry, no mother wants to bury a child. And for my mom to have to bury my firstborn, and I say buried, we didn't bury Kim. She wanted to be cremated. But you get what I know. You you get what I mean. And just, I don't know, my mom, my mom just sees the world differently than I do. And, and then that's okay, because again, she's seeing it through the lens of her life experiences. My mom had a very hard life, grew up with very little and, uh, I would say my mom and dad had a very tumultuous relationship, but that's just my experience. They stayed together for a very long time, rightly or wrongly. And, and, and that's their journey and mad respect, mad respect. Um, but I was home for six weeks in a, in a small condo, I, I'm smiling right now because I, I, I was every morning I would get up, I would do my yoga routine in, in her living room, in her condo. I would meditate and I would see her some days out of the corner of my eye and just acknowledge her. I didn't, I didn't let her know that I saw her just watching me. And one funny moment was I was, rolling my psoas. So I have this big ball that you lie on, on your belly and you put it basically right down in the crux of your hip and you roll. And when your psoas is tight, which it is, if you're a cyclist, you'll know what I mean. Psoas is always, always tight and it hurts like crazy, but you've got to roll it and breathe through it. And so I'm doing that. And then all of a sudden my mom comes over. She kind of leans down and rolls my back. Are you okay? Are you crying? And I'm like, no, I'm not crying. I said, I'm just, I'm just doing this stretching, this rolling, and it really hurts a lot. I'm just trying to breathe through it. And 
you know, it, that's just, it was, it was so kind and loving and just genuine. And I laughed about it after because I'm like going like, wow. And I can't tell you how many times she said to me when I was back home that I don't know you anymore. I don't recognize you're not the son I raised. And I, I just, I just let that land. I, I could have gone off and, you know, got into it. And I just said, and that's a good thing, mom. It's a good thing. And, and it is a good thing because I'm, I'm a much better version of myself than I was eight years ago when I had my heart attack. I'm a much better version and I'm super proud of the man that I've become. And although it might be hard for some people that knew the old me to understand, I don't need them to understand. I really don't. But I want to get back to Dan. Um, I'd been back maybe, I don't know, maybe a week or more. I was back to work and I was at Trek and Dan walks in and we immediately lock eyes and he walks towards me and he's like, how was your trip home? How's your sister? And, uh, my first response was it wasn't good. And, you know, she didn't make it. She's, she's, she's transitioned. And he came and stood right beside me and said, she's in a better place. And I've got proof. And that, that obviously I'm a super curious person. For those that know me, I'm, I'm really curious. I'm always exploring internally. I'm exploring externally. I'm just, I'm a curious guy. It's just who I am. I'm that little boy that would take a toy apart and would never be able to put it back together again. But I always wanted to see what, what was going on inside of that. And, and I'm still that way today. And it's one of the reasons I think I'm a really good life coach is because I think the biggest job you have as a coach is just to listen and be curious and just ask your clients just to, to explore, you know, based on, on intuitive hits that I get, but just be curious. And, um, and so Dan said to me, you know, when I was, when I was young, my mom, um, my mom was giving birth to twins. They didn't even know that she was having twins. She was pregnant, of course. Turned out she had twins and she had a massive hemorrhage while she was giving birth. And, and she died. She died and she was clinically dead for over nine minutes. And she came back. She came back. And so Dan said this to me and he said, and my mom shared what, what that was like for that, to be in that place between worlds. And she described it, he said, it's just really beautiful, really, really beautiful, peaceful, inviting. And she chose in that moment, she said to him, she was given a choice. She could return to her body or she could transition into this beautiful, beautiful space. And she thought of Dan in that moment as she's hovering above, she said, above the bed in the theater, as they say in England. And she said, I chose 
to come back to my body for you so I could be there for you. And it's really beautiful. She's still alive today. She's still a practicing psychotherapist in the UK. And I believe she's in her early 90s now, if I'm not mistaken, at least in her late 80s. Doesn't really matter. And that that was really, really a pivotal moment for me because people say to you all the time when someone passes away or you lose somebody close, they're in a better place now. And... Um, but we don't know that we never have proof. And now, now with, with Dan share, we have proof. And there's a documentary on Netflix called surviving death, which I've started watching. Um, there's a couple of books I'll put in the notes, um, that are about near death experiences. Um, dad's mom was part of a book. Unfortunately, he can't, they can't seem to remember. He can't seem to find the book, the name of the book, but she offered up another book that I'll put it in the comments. And the reason I bring this up, and again, I'm kind of feeling like I'm, I'm getting off topic a little bit, but not really because one thing that's really, really present for me this morning is that, you know, eight years I've been through a lot. And, you know, I talk a lot about grieving the loss of your old self and that process, that healing process. And I've, I've had, had a client reach out to me, uh, recently, a potential client who's just really struggling. And, you know, I think all of this, you know, the stages of grief are, are the same for any type of loss. And, you know, in, when you have a heart attack and you have a near death experience, there's trauma from that. And, and sometimes that trauma gets buried deep inside. Sometimes it stays and it just kind of lingers there and you can feel it all the time. Like this person is kind of in this heightened state of stress. And, you know, I, I was in and out of this sadness and, and, and I'd have moments where I just, you know, a lot of it happened when I was in yoga, when, you know, you're slowing down, you're breathing, you're moving your body, things are moving through your body. And I would start to cry. And I, I have this convulsive, almost like cry. And, um, and I've learned just to let it out. And I know that, you know, in time, it'll get better. And again, thanks to Dan, you know, he is, like I said, he studies the brain for a living. And he said to me, you know, when you have this sadness, that comes to you that you feel in your body you need to allow it to move through you and out of you and you need to be mindful about what you fill it back up with and he said when when you have these moments these crying moments where you're feeling this this dark sadness what are you doing when you when when it's when it's left you and you the crying has stopped and you feel like you've released it out to the universe what are you allowing back in to fill that space that was just emptied? And he said, are you filling it up with sadness? And I, and I had to pause and, and take a moment. And I realized I was, and I said that to him. He said, so here's what I want you to do. Next time this happens, next time you have that sadness, allow it to move through you and out of you. And then I want you to focus on all the happy memories, the good memories, the good times, the love that my sister had and the, and the, and the, the zest she had for life. Fill it up with that. And he said, when you do that, you'll actually flip a switch in your brain and you will start to be able to move through this grief.
And I started to do that and it, it's, it was transformational. So Dan, if you're listening to this, um, thank you, brother. I have much respect for you and much love. And so eight years, eight years, what have I learned? What are, what are my lessons? My lessons are to slow down. My lessons are to, to allow whatever it is I'm feeling inside my body to really allow it, but feel it. My meditation this morning, the, uh, the key word was equanimity. And equanimity is controlling your emotions in any situation. Something I can say I'm not the best at. And even though I feel I'm the best version of myself, I still have lots of growth because you know, I can, I can, I can go into a, into not a good place in the right circumstances. And sometimes I catch myself, I catch, pause and do the pivot. And then sometimes I don't. And then I got to work backwards from that from that moment when I realized, okay, like, dude, this is not a near-death experience. It's not life or death. Get over yourself. Get over it, whatever it is. And just get back to, to being present in your body. Get back to what you're feeling inside right now. And that was the question that was asked in this meditation. It's just, what are you feeling right now, right now inside your body? And just get, close your eyes and just breathe and just begin to notice. What are you feeling? What kind of sensations? Are you feeling happy? Are you feeling sad? Are you feeling like just really chill? It's a really great question to ask ourselves, especially if you've just kind of gone off on a, uh, off on a tangent or, you know, uh, had something that totally took you away. Um, Use your breath. Use your breath. When I was doing my ceremony on the weekend, I started to notice that when I was when I was in the experience and when I would start to really deep, deep breathe into my belly, I started to see like magic. I started to see symbols and, and, and it was like they were neon lights, like, um, just it was just beautiful but when i when i when i got back into shallow breathing um that went away and it's just it's just it's just it was just beautiful just beautiful and again just an incredible experience i'm excited for what 2024 and this next year has for me so many good things i'm i'm going to be participating in a coaching panel later today uh, Lumia Coaching, uh, formerly Journey uh, Coaching. Uh, it's where I got my coaching certification from. They've invited me to be part of a panel this evening at 4 p.m. Um, California time, 7 p.m. on the East. And yeah, I'm just super honored. I mean, it's really amazing when you get recognized for how you're showing up in the world, how you're showing up in your life. And I have, uh, I've had a lot of really good things happening to me. Brains Magazine, 
reached out to me. They love what I'm doing and they love how I'm helping others. And, and I'm living in my purpose, really trying to support and help people that have had heart attacks because the struggle is real, especially after. And again, I've had some people come to me recently to, to work with me or want to work with me. And it's just really evident that, you know, all the things that I felt, you know, that I've worked through, that I'm on the other side of, you know, I've got the tools now in my toolbox to be able to help people and support people who are struggling. And I just feel super blessed. I just feel super blessed. Adrian and I are just, things are really great. We got lots of travel planned for this year and, you know, we're both just, yeah, just supporting and calling each other forward and just really, I'm just honored and blessed to walk side by side with her. And I've shared before that we met on this motorcycle trip that I'd taken after my heart attack and uh, reconnected and I found my person and I, 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 I am madly in love with her and I've never felt this way uh, before. And it's beautiful. And like last night, we got into some laughter and it's not uncommon for us to do that. And like, it, it was, it's just the feeling when you're in a hysterical belly laugh with somebody else who's in the exact same place. It's just, it's magical. It's magical. And, you know, it's not all sunshine and roses, you know, it's just not. But there's way more good. There's way more laughter. There's way more everything because I'm lighter and, you know, we're both having a lot of really amazing things happen to us in our lives right now. Things that are coming, opportunities that are coming before us that we both continue to say yes to. And, uh, so my word I'm going to leave for you is, uh, be open, embrace the magic and say yes, say yes, say no to fear and say yes to living. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you all. It's really incredible. This podcast is turning into something and, uh, I'm, I'm just super proud of it. More episodes to come. If you haven't already, if this is the first time you're listening to it, please hit subscribe so you get notified of when new episodes come up. Please share it. If you know somebody you think this content will resonate with, please share it. It's how we grow this. And just have a fantastic day. And, and if you get caught in a moment, if you get caught in a thought, if you get caught in a story, just close your eyes if you can. And take some deep breaths into the belly and hold and then exhale. And just allow that to be there. But check in with your body and ask yourself this question. What am I feeling inside right now? Until next time, bye for now.